Welcome to New Season Church. My name is Rob Alme. I'm the pastor here at New Season. For those of you who don't know me, we're so glad that you are here to worship with us um, this morning. I want to invite you to take out of your worship program this morning a folded half sheet that has a picture on the front that looks exactly like that picture up there on the screen. And what that is, is called our message download. It's an outline of what I'm going to talk about this morning. And so you can go ahead and follow along as we go through the message this morning. We are starting a brand new series of messages um, here at New Season Church called um, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, where we're going to be talking about uh, love and, and relationships and all that goes around with that. And, you know, I'm always a little bit nervous when we start these types of message series having to do with love and relationships and, and marriage and, and dating and any conceivable relationship you can have. Because inevitably when I get home, you know, my wife says, but you said... And so i got to be really careful. Now, it's no coincidence that this first Sunday that she's working in the nursery. Can you hear me, dear? Let's listen. Okay, so we're good. So we're going to be starting this brand new series called Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Today we're going to be talking about how each of the sexes, male and female, each need different things. But how oftentimes... Though we need different things, we get stuck in our relationships because we don't give to the other those things that we need, and we get caught up in what's called a crazy cycle, and our relationships get stuck. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit later on about what exactly this crazy cycle is, so you have to hold off on that. But know this, that this crazy cycle leaves our relationships feeling unfulfilled and stuck. Now, there's tons of stuff out there about relationships, about love, about marriage and about dad. I mean, you can't go into Borders or you can't go into Barnes and Noble and not walk past a book about how to deal with the opposite sex or how to have a fulfilling marriage. You know, there's all kinds of websites with all kinds of love advice. There's magazine articles that are out there. There are talk shows dedicated to this issue of relationship and love and marriage. And they all kind of say the same things, don't they? I mean, if you've heard it once, You've heard it a thousand times when it comes to all of these resources and information and what these relationship gurus have to say. The problem for most of us isn't you know, learning about how to be in a relationship and the right things to do. It's translating what we know in our head to our heart and then translating that into action. That's usually the hardest part. So, you know, all these resources that are out there, and you kind of get the same thing, you know, that... When it comes to relationships, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to any kind of relationship that you have, you have to get conflict resolution down, right? The experts, the gurus tell us you need to get conflict resolution down in order to have a good relationship. And then you have to get good communication down because that will help you from getting into fights and having issues with conflict resolution. So you have to get communication down. You have to learn, you know, that women communicate differently than men that women communicate a certain way and men just basically don't. You know, they go into their cave. And so, you know, the experts also tell us, hey, don't forget about your family of origin, right? Remember your family of origin when it comes to the relationships you have with boyfriend, girlfriend, married person, or good friend. You know, remember that family of origin, particularly your parents and what kind of relationships they had. And remember that that's going to influence your relationship. So keep that in mind. That's what the relationship gurus tell us. 
Now, they also tell us, you know, you better have some good self-esteem. You better feel good about yourself and have some confidence about who you are in the relationship because you don't want to be one of those, you know, hovering people, always jealous, always stifling the relationship. And so I could go on and on with what all the experts tell us, and it's all good stuff. Don't get me wrong. It's all good stuff. But I don't know about you, but I have a hard enough time remembering to put the seat down for my wife than all of these things to remember when it comes to having a good, fulfilling relationship. It's hard work. Some say that even with all of that information, it's just too much. It's too hard. It's kind of overwhelming. You kind of drown in it. You kind of end up like this guy on the screen. It's all around you. It's too hard, a lot of people say, to remember all of those different things. And apparently it must be too hard because you might have heard the statistic that I've heard that over half of marriages in our country end in divorce. Over half of our marriages end in divorce. And guess what? If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, if you're a Christian person, you're not immune from that either. The statistics tell us that Christian people, people who profess to follow Jesus Christ, get divorced just as much, if not more, than people who don't. They have over 50%. And then think about that. So half the people get divorced and half the people stay married. And then you think about that half that stays married. And there's some miserable married people. So you got half the people divorced in a broken relationship, and you got the other half still married, and a good portion of them are miserable. Despite all of these great resources out there, despite all the information at our fingertips when it comes to relationship and love and marriage, despite all of what the gurus say and the talk shows and the books and the websites and the magazine articles, we still have this issue that relationships are very broken. They're very broken. It must be simpler than all this. What if we could boil down all of that stuff, all of that information, all of those resources, what if we could boil that down to a couple of understandable principles that will take us far in any relationship that we have? What if we could just boil it down so that adult, even like me, could have a chance at this marriage and this relationship stuff? There's a guy out there who's much smarter than me. There's actually many guys out there much smarter than me. But there's a guy out there much smarter than me whose name is Emerson Egrich. And Emerson Egrich was a marriage counselor. And he had a successful practice. He'd been doing it for 20 years. And he'd have couples come in and out of his office for counseling all the time. And, you know, Egrich, he knew all the right things to say. He had done to have all of the degrees and the studying, the continued education, and he gave people great advice. But he noticed that many of the couples that came into his office for marriage counseling, despite his best efforts, and despite their efforts to work on their marriage, still ended up in divorce. And so Edgar set out to figure out a different way to do marriage counseling. He said there must be an easier way to do this. And what Agrish found out through his research is that when you boil it all down, men and women each actually need one thing apiece. He said that women, more than anything else, need to feel loved. Women need to feel loved. They need to feel cherished. They need to feel prioritized. They need to feel valued. Now, that's a big generalization. Most women. 
Most men, he found out, need to feel respected. That the greatest need for men is to be respected, to be thought highly of, to be looked up to. Again, another generalization, but as he looked at all of these men and these women that came through his office, as he did research, he found out that women really need love and men really need respect. And that's kind of right if you think about it. I mean, in my position, I've had a lot of couples come through for counseling. But I'm sure that just in everyday life, you, like me, kind of have somebody chirping in your ear about, the, about their relationship. When is the last time you ever heard a, a man say, I really never felt love in this relationship? You know, a man hardly ever says that. Most of the time, women would say that. I never felt love in this relationship. Now, here's where it gets tricky, church. So if we're going to take this premise that, you know, on the one hand, women need love, right? And then on the other hand men need respect the problem comes when one or the other is not feeling it so if the woman is not feeling loved on this side she's not going to give respect to her husband if the husband's not feeling respected he's not going to give love to his wife and so nobody's giving anybody anything and so it kind of creates this vicious cycle that we call the crazy cycle, where it just kind of goes all around and around. And so the woman doesn't feel loved, so she doesn't give respect to the man. The man doesn't feel respected, so he's not giving love to the woman. And so they're just all kind of sitting there like that picture, looking at each other with backs to back, sulking, because they're caught. Their relationship is stuck in this cycle, this crazy cycle. That's how it works. Now, before any marriage counselor named Egrich discovered in his research that women have a great need to be loved and that men have a great need to be respected, the Bible had something to say about all this. The fifth chapter of a book in the back of your Bible and the last third of your Bible in what we call the New Testament is a small book. It's a letter actually written by an early church leader named Paul. It's called the book of Ephesians. And there in the fifth chapter in the book of Ephesians, church, is perhaps the greatest treatise on marriage and relationship that one could find. And there in Ephesians chapter 5, we get some good advice for living in a relationship. Now, Ephesians chapter 5 doesn't come without controversy, by the way. Though it's a great treatise on marriage, it's also the place that you'll find those verses about wives submitting to their husbands. But I want to submit to you that because we often mistakenly interpret that one particular verse, we need not ignore the rest of it, such as these verses that say this in Ephesians chapter 5. Paul talking to husbands. Each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Do you see that? Paul was saying, husbands, love your wife. And he was saying, wives, respect your husbands. Now, Paul wrote that through the inspiration of God through the Holy Spirit. And I can't help but to know, you know, or think, why didn't Paul just write, why don't you love each other? Why did he differentiate it? I think because God is the one that he created us. 
And he has wired us. He's wired men and women differently. And so he knew that women would mostly need love and men would most need respect. And so he inspired Paul to write this. Each man must love his wife as he loves himself. So also the wife must respect her husband. You see, long before Emerson Egerich in an office came to the conclusion that what was going on wasn't quite working and that what women really needed was love and what men really needed was respect. The Apostle Paul wrote it 2,000 years ago in Ephesians chapter 5. Duh. The Bible is clear. Men and women need different things. Now we also gain some guidance from the Bible when it comes to breaking this crazy cycle that can sometimes leave us stuck in our relationships. Because let's face it, we're going to get stuck in our relationships. Nobody has a perfect relationship. Just as there's no perfect followers of Jesus Christ, no perfect people, so there's no perfect relationships. And we get stuck in one way or the other. The question becomes, you know, what is it going to take for us to break out of the crazy cycle where she's not respecting him and so he's not giving the love she needs and vice versa? You and I know that when we get stuck, either in our relationship or to bring it home a little bit better, you know, after you've had an argument, that what needs to happen is that somebody needs to go first. Somebody needs to go and smooth out the waters first. Someone needs to break that ice again to repair the relationship or to get back talking together. But none of us want to go first. We'd rather the other person go first. We come up with all kinds of excuses not to go first. Same thing with the crazy cycle. We might feel that, that we go first all the time. We might feel that, you know, that person hurt me more than I hurt them. We might think that it won't make any difference if I go first this time. You know, and what all of those reasons, they might be valid. They might be as true as the sky is blue. But I would still urge you to take the first step, for you to be the one to take the first step to break the cycle. I don't want you to break the cycle because Christ calls you to be a doormat. Christ doesn't call you to be a doormat. I don't want you to break the cycle because you feel like you need to be a martyr and just fall on the sword. I urge you to step up and move to break the cycle because Jesus already went first. See, it's not a matter of us going first. Here's what I mean. Check out this other part of the Bible where Paul writes to another church. He's talking about who Jesus was and what Jesus did. He writes, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same that it, as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Here's the thing, church. No matter where you are, no matter how bad you've been hurt, no matter how stuck you are, no matter what's gone on in the relationship to bring it to this point where it's in a crazy cycle, you don't have to go first because Jesus went first. That's what Paul was saying, that Jesus himself went first to repair our broken relationships. The first way that Jesus went first to repair our broken relationships is that he took on flesh and came and dwelt among us what we celebrate at Christmas. Then he lived his life for us. Then he died on a cross for us. Then he was raised up for us. And then he's coming back for us. And through all of that, Jesus 
repaired the broken relationship that we human beings had with God. You see, between sin and brokenness, we were far from God. We were broken people. But Jesus is that bridge that bridges between us and God. He's the glue that fixes that relationship. And so Jesus knows something about repairing broken relationships. Jesus knows something about going first in order to break the cycle. See, we were, as human beings, caught in this great cycle of sin and brokenness, just going around and around until Jesus did something about it. Until Jesus did something about it. And here's the thing to remember. Jesus not only broke the crazy cycle of sin and brokenness and made us right with God again so that we can know salvation and love and life and this life and in the life to come, but by what Jesus did on the cross, he did not only for our eternity, not only for our relationship with God, as important as that is, but by what Jesus did on the cross, he gave us the power to mend our own broken relationships. You see, God's desire is that every relationship we have, not just the relationship with him, but that one, but also our relationships amongst each other. Also, husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, sibling, family, friends, that all our relationships would be a reflection of the one true relationship that we're to have with God, that they be full of love, that they be full of life, that we would do whatever it takes to break the cycle the crazy cycle, and that we would take it upon ourselves to make the first move because Jesus has already gone first. See, Christ empowers you to go first, or should I say second, because he's already gone first, to break the cycle. So this morning, if you're in a relationship and you're struggling, if you're feeling unloved and therefore not giving respect, or if you're not feeling very respected and therefore not giving love, I want to urge you to take the first step. Because guess what? Jesus has already gone first for each one of us. He's already paid the price for the healing, not only of our souls and our bodies, but our relationships too. And that makes all the difference. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks that you have not left us orphans. You have not left us to our own power or to our own wisdom when it comes to living with others in this world. Lord, you know because we are finite, because we're small, because we're broken, because we fall short of your glory and sin, that our relationships are often not what they should be. And Lord, you know that in our relationships we get caught up in this crazy cycle and it needs to be broken. Lord, help us to have an appreciation of what Jesus has done and is doing in our midst. Help us to know that he has indeed gone first so that we too can move to break the cycle of craziness that is sometimes our relationship. Lord, I pray this morning for the marriage that's struggling. I pray for the couple here and the couples in our community who are ready to throw in the towel, who are ready to call it quits. I pray, God, that they would know of your great love. I pray that your spirit would empower them to break the crazy cycle they find themselves in. I pray, O oh God, for those who are suffering in relationships that are difficult, 
with family and friends, with boyfriends and girlfriends. Lord, help them to know that you seek wholeness in every part of their life and that you're ready to give it and have given it through your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose mighty and powerful name we pray. Amen.